Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. (laughs) 
I love rewatching the Clone Wars. I love doing this podcast, but more than anything, I like wondering every week when I say Clone Wars report if Ken is going to do drums or horns. Horns? Yeah, I, I've been you know doing my Game of Thrones rewatch for Cashly Talk, and 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 you know I I love a good horn with a message. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, that uh, Harry James biopic, Young Man with a Horn, was almost called Horn with a Message. It's very, very close in those titles. Well, uh, here we go into obscure reference town already. You know, the kids are all talking about Harry James. Uh, but we are here to talk about the Clone Wars animated series. We're having a great time doing this show. The uh, episode that we are talking about, uh, this particular episode of our podcast, we are talking about the episode of the animated show, season two, episode nine, Grievous Intrigue, written by Ben Edlund, directed by Giancarlo Volpe, who directs a lot of episodes of The Clone Wars, which is great to see. Um, Ken, this episode, uh, we've been trying to do arcs all at once. Uh, mm-hmm. This this episode does continue into the episode we're going to talk about next week, The Deserter, but it's got such a different focus. It made sense to just talk about mm-hmm. this one separately from that one. Yeah, you know, you know, I I, uh, I I I'm totally with you on that and follow you down that path. And but I I was like, wait, that I I clicked ahead to the deserter on like Wikipedia, and I was like, that's I forget that those two are connected in any way. So I think this is more than a fair breakup of uh, of the arcs. Yeah, because it it's been really fun to watch some. There's uh, like episode arcs like Mortis, like those three episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it will make sense to talk about all those right. together. Uh, right. But then, like one of my other favorite arcs of the uh, the Gathering arc, mm. that you know, it'll be interesting to see what we want to do when we get there because it's all of the events are connected. But you know, there are very very different adventures within that. So it's really mm-hmm. cool to see the different kinds of ways that the Clone Wars show actually used kind of a serialization sometimes the events are serialized and sometimes the themes are and sometimes both indeed indeed all right so let's get into our summary and we'll get into discussing grievous intrigue so we can discuss the deserter next week here we go summary mysteriously but not really separatist leader general grievous is always one step ahead of the jedi grievous uses this secret knowledge to attack and kidnap jedi council member eth koth the vile droid army commander sends a mocking message to the jedi hoping to bait them into a trap by displaying eth koth's suffering Jedi Generals Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Adi Gallia volunteered to take the hell out of that bait. But Obi-Wan has a plan of his own. He plays on Grievous's hate for him and lures the droid general to his ship while Anakin and Adi successfully rescue Eeth Koth. But in prioritizing the safety of Eeth Koth, Grievous escapes to the surface of Seleucami with his nemesis Obi-Wan Kenobi in pursuit. Almost everyone lives to fight and, specifically, kill one another another day. <laughs> uh, sorry, I muted myself because I had the sniffles and I, I had to make sure I unmute for a hearty laugh, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it in canon, but I'm really delighted by that line. It's so nice right at the end of like, well, we, you know, we live to fight another day. And like almost everyone in this episode is specifically not just going to die, but literally kill one another. It's so <laughs> weird and so great and so awful. All, all those things. Ken, what was your overall reaction to Grievous Intrigue? Man, I got to tell you, my friend, this is a highly underrated episode. I think it flies under the radar screen. I'll use all the terms for being an episode not talked about enough. Uh, it is uh, just great in terms of action. It's got some big time clones, clone warsing and star warsing. It's something we like. But uh, 
I got to tell you, man, the focus on Grievous is so simple and direct that once you unlock what this episode is doing and, and, and explain it about the character and what it means and what it plugs into Anakin and other stuff, along with some other great Obi-Wan moments is always Anakin and Adegalia moments. Um, this is just, an, I think this is a really important building block for the story and lessons of, of Anakin and the Clone Wars and what George was doing in that prequel era. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I really, really like this one. Uh, it, it does seem like there is an effort in season two to have some different episodes where, wow, there's not a single lightsaber ignited, uh, not a single uh, blaster shot fired. And then episodes like that Geonosian arc that really dives into the the war with, you know, ships and blasters and troops. And it was great to see the big action of like, hey, remember, uh, this is all about, you know, Jedi and lightsabers mm. and Magna Guards with their staffs and commando droids with their horrible blades. So it was great to see that kind of action really, really get a focus in this episode. I uh, totally agree with you. This was a, a great character study on Grievous uh, with some great uh, compare and contrast between Grievous and the Jedi and Obi-Wan in, in particular. Mm. It's also really nice to see, you know, as we watch this and chart you know, what moments were, does Anakin get kind of a victory? What moments are bittersweet tragedy where he makes a, a great choice? What are moments where like, oh, there's, that's a horrible, uh, you know, obvious, uh, uh, you know, idea that he is going to fall, that everybody's missing. This right. episode was really nice because we get to see Obi-Wan and Anakin work together and use their different but complementary skill sets actually well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that that's a, that's a great point. I, I, I love when the Clone Wars does go back to that final moment they have in Revenge of the Sith before it all goes to hell, where it, that's kind of a, the brotherly moment in the movie for me, uh, or, you know, beginning of Revenge of the Sith too. But yeah, I, I think it, it, like, it backfills that to me when it, when it works really well in the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, and this is just, episode is just so great where they're kind of on the same page of like, Anakin's like, oh, Obi-Wan, you'd want to do a sneaky trap playing on people's feelings? Uh, cool, um, and as a part of that, I just get to rocket forward and do a bunch of dangerous stuff? Great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It works for both of us. Um, and then I feel like another great meta part of this episode as we watch the whole series is this is an episode reminding you yet again that Anakin and Grievous don't physically see one another until Revenge of the Sith. It's yeah. easy to miss because it feels like they're about to see one another. And Grievous even has that line of like, where there's a Kenobi, mm -hmm. there's always Skywalker. But somehow I never see him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I've tracked that, and, and 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 we'll talk later about me tracking the Grievous arms, and oopsie. Yep. Dives in. Uh, you know, the final thing for me on this, uh, it, it, this is a uh, this is a 2010-era episode. I think it actually aired on January 1st, right, 2010, which is a this double episode. We're just five years after Revenge of the Sith, Joseph, and, and here here we have uh, this episode of the show going, did you miss the why of Grievous in episode three? Uh, are you not getting this show yet? Okay, let's let's dive in. And I want to say personally, because there, there's episodes of early Spotlight Star Wars stuff where I've named Grievous a pretty, like one of my di most disappointing Star Wars characters. Great design, this and that, and I felt I always wanted more. And I'll say, you know, look, I, I still want a bit more of him now uh, in the sense of I just want a book about his backstory or all that kind of stuff. But to, to look at this episode as we dive in, Joseph, the purpose is uh, of his presence is so intentional from George. It's so clear that I got to tell you, anytime I hear someone making fun of his cough or calling him a waste, which I may have done in the past, I'm going to just point them to this episode and just say this is this is part of the tapestry of themes and lessons and purpose that George uh, had at this time. Execution be damned and whatever you might have. But it's all there for a reason. You agree or not, he chose to put it there. And it just highlights that for me. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a really great thing to point out. Uh, I would still take even more of Grievous, uh, and, it, yeah. and it does seem like from some of the behind-the-scenes thing that in the Clone Wars show, there's a little bit of a, a tap dance going on to preserve some of the things that have been said in the EU mm-hmm. or, the, you know, even the Gennady Tartaskovsky uh, show, but still break new ground. So I'd still take even more. I would take a new canon book that's just like, here it is. Here's his backstory. But yeah, mm-hmm. you watch, you know, uh, Layer of Grievous and Grievous Intrigue together, like, yes, you definitely start to see a very specific character with very specific themes and ideas uh, attached uh, to that hack and cough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I, I look forward to diving into all those details. But first, let's talk about the moral of the episode. The literal moral that appears on the screen is for everything you gain, you lose something else. How did this one hit you? Well, I'll tell a little bit of a, a journey, and this is why I love being open and honest about. Sometimes you might watch an episode. I always we always try to watch them twice or three times. Sometimes first time, I just it's so my natural instinct is to look at uh, Kenobi, Anakin, Ahsoka, the, the Republic, and and look at the story from their point of view. Uh, and that's not always the case. And it's all usually again. Uh, I'll use that term. The word of the day: tapestry. Uh, tapestries. Um, so I looked at this uh, this moral. I was like, wow, this is ominous. It's foreboding. Uh, it's kind of difficult to, to explain to myself and parse out. And then I was like, well, Dan Wilson and Semisonic once saying that every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. So maybe this is about <laughs> that. Um, but uh, and then also you can look at the Republic for every gain they make. Uh, Palpatine seems to take something away from them. Uh, so I went from that. But then once you kind of really focus and reframe and kind of do the old rack focus of your cinematographer there and see it as looking at Grievous and analyzing power and analyzing what you sacrifice for any pursuit of that or what you just sacrifice things for or what you sacrifice yourself for, uh, the episode takes on a different meaning and a, and a lot, lot more depth. Yeah, the, uh, well said, and, and thanks for bringing up uh, Closing Time, right? That's Closing Time. Closing Time, Minnesota Zone, Semisonic. Yeah, great, uh, great song, great band. Yes. Uh, for me, I got uh, like three main things out of them. And now I'm going to add four uh, of the lyrics from Closing Time. It's something I got out of this. Uh, yeah, for what how it directly applies to this episode, I think it is. Yeah, it's really pointing at Grievous, at what his meaning is, that he is a an iteration of Vader thematically in a great way, that he thinks he has gained all this power, uh, mm-hmm. but he's lost any humanity and i think he even though he thinks he has a sense of purpose it's it's kind of weak and unclear i think even to him and i think that's what obi-wan is poking at so he's gained power but he's lost humanity perspective Mm. goals uh he's lost a lot to get all this power um but i also feel like this moral is about the fact that the jedi have two goals in this episode and they kind of know it and they're kind of aren't willing to commit one way or the other. Are they mm-hmm. trying to rescue Eth Koth or are they trying to capture Grievous? And they go back and forth on prioritizing those goals in really interesting, yeah. great ways. So those are the two things from from mm-hmm. the the actual episode. And then just is, hey, is this a, a moral that I need to pin on my own vision board? <laughs> yeah. This is yet another of these, you know, I am in this picture and I don't like it kind of morals for me oh. of <laughs> Uh, it it is, I think, a gift and a curse to have lots of interests in life. Um, yeah. I think it's you know a gift to to be interested in lots of different things because they 
cause you to meet different people and explore things from different perspectives. But then that for everything you gain, you lose something. It's something I've really wrestled with in my life mm-hmm. of I, I want to do too many things. And at what point does am I being, you know, weakening all of them by not losing one of them? Mm. That's interesting. I, lo- I love that uh, personal reflection that you got out of this. And, and and here it is. It's a hack and grievous lightsaber episode, and you're able to look at your uh, parts of your life. Hey, Star Wars. I love it. Yeah, Star Wars can do that. And you know what? They're morals, and I'm I'm trying to uh, listen to the uh, the 12-year-old in me, the 11-year-old, and, and go, hey, uh, should, I, should I be taking that moral? <laughs> <laughs> well, you also get the positive, you know, for everything, you, you, you know, you gain, you lose something. All right. Like, you know, you, you and your wife made a big move from Minnesota. You, you stopped seeing Semisonic live in concert and you went out here uh, and it's a big gain, but a big loss of what you had back there. And you can look at it, uh, all of it and, and still grow from it. So uh, there you go. I'm going to prop you both up as well. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, and I look forward to hearing Closing Time again in person someday, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but for now, let's get back to Star Wars. We've talked around some of the big ideas in this episode, but let's really dive in. What are the big ideas, the big themes? What feels like it's really at stake in this episode to you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you... Um... Yeah, I'm glad you 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 talked about the 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 Jedi point of view in this one too. I think there's some great stuff in there. I I'll start where I what I already kind of stated is is uh, what are you willing to sacrifice yourself for? So I start with the focus being General Grievous, this great Kalish warrior who gave himself up in the in the quest for ultimate power. Uh, and he doesn't. I love that he states in this episode that he doesn't care about the politics. He says it a few times, and I don't even know if he cares about the war. I mean, he does. He 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 just wants to win. Um, cares about killing Jedi, destruction to prove his power. Uh, the great stuff I'm sure we're going to dive into. Of, of this, he has this large army of lifeless droids that are at his beck and call. Uh, he has physical strength. I mean, you can't kick him in the shins. We learned that later on. But he's a coughing, <laughs> you know, he's a coughing, wheezing coward. And all of this has uh, made him a fearful creature, good at running. But then uh, I want to discuss later. He has a might have a certain point of view about that. That's a lie to himself. And then the the flip side is. You touched upon it. Was what are the you know the Jedi? What are they willing to give up to save their friend? And there's a great Obi Wan moment coming with that. I'm sure uh, it's on your list. So I love that. I love uh, I love these two big kind of uh, big competing themes or, or opposite sides of the coin themes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah I think framing it as sacrifice is really really interesting. Um, that Grievous has sacrificed some stuff, and in the Jedi in this episode just kind of aren't willing to sacrifice Ethkoth, but then they do sacrifice actually stopping Grievous, which is their, you know, real stated goal because stopping him means stopping the war, which we've seen, you know, the Jedi be the Gluminara unduly being really, really making almost dangerous bad choices in the great Gene Ocean brainworm episodes uh, because she really wants to stop the war. So it's got that heightened weight of like, okay, that, that but that's a real big swing to save Ethkoth. Um Yeah. Yeah, but let's. I, I would love to talk just a little bit about the, um, the you know what what is Grievous given up? Because for me, one of the big themes of this episode was very very classic Star Wars: the organic versus the mechanical. And you mm-hmm. know, sometimes that's literal. It is a little bit literal with the you know very organic Jedi who can you know feel the flow of nature, hear the song of the Force, versus uh, the droids who are literally listening to ones and zeros in their head in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also it's just that idea of the difference between being uh, flowing and rigid, the difference between, you know, a 90 degree angle in, in the way a tree grows. Right. Yeah. That very, very core organic versus mechanical. Um, 
And I like that that is such a, it, obviously that's a part of, of Grievous's story that something happened to his body and he either on purpose or he thinks he chose it. There's some ambiguity there. Mm-hmm. But he he now is trying to argue that yes, I want to be this uh, you know mechanical uh, monster, mm-hmm. um, and Obi Wan really raises the argument that uh, the droids and the mechanical are inferior, which tracks for Obi Wan, <laughs> yeah, who's not yeah. a big droid fan, and he has a sp- specific line you know when they are having their both lightsaber and philosophical fight where Obi Wan says. And all you do is talk all the time. (laughs) What does all the talk get you? A futile quest for power, a mutilated body, and your place is Dooku's errand boy. So Obi-Wan's really making that argument of you didn't gain anything. You don't actually have any real power. You've lost your humanity, and you don't even really know what your motivation is. And uh, Kenobi also describes the droid army as an army with no loyalty, no spirit, just programming. And that's the line to me that really pops into making this, you know, a larger discussion beyond just Grievous and his mm-hmm. sacrifice about the difference between the organic and the mechanical. And then I feel like it, it, that discussion really pays off with uh, some extremely great but dark comedy mm-hmm. <laughs> with a tactical droid who literally can't hold on to their own mechanical limbs. Uh, and the, the dark comedy of I just need to hit this button on my arm to kill this mm-hmm. organic uh, character of Eth Koth, but it gets hacked off, it gets pushed around, and by the time I pick it up, me, a tactical droid, <laughs> didn't even realize that I don't have another hand left to hit the button. It's like dark comedy, but it really almost feels like it is paying off what Obi-Wan is saying about the quality of mm. this army that Grievous thinks has given him such great power. Mm. A great, great funny little sequence, too. Yeah, I, and I love that quote, the, uh, an army with no loyalty, no spirit, just programming. What do you have to show for all your power? What do you have to gain? It, it's such about that lie that you can tell yourself, that lie of what you, what you think you're getting. Oh, Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, want, I definitely want to dive into uh, Grievous's, uh perspective in kind of how he counter-argues with Obi-Wan and, and what he uses as a counter-argument and whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Um and part of that for me, like I love, I love that you approach this all as sacrifice. What really resonated with me is looking at Grievous and the Jedi's competing motivations because they're stated yeah. fairly clearly in this episode. So I was really affected by looking at it from the frame of uh, hatred on Grievous's side mm-hmm. uh, versus compassion on the on the Jedi's side because that's you know it gets into the mechanics of the actual plot of. You know, Grievous's clear motivation is hatred of the Jedi, and his trap is playing into uh, Jedi compassion. And Kenobi, using his compassion, wants to save Eth Koth and capture, not kill Grievous, so he constructs basically the opposite, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, trap where he plays on Grievous's hatred towards him. So they they both they know each other well enough to both have one another's number, and it's basically mm-hmm. just this, you know. Uh, is my hatred more of a weakness or is your compassion more of a weakness from Grievous's perspective? Yeah. You know, it's uh, wow. Well, uh, so as we start to connect this into the, the larger story and even just the perspective of stars, I, I looked at what you said and, and, and uh, back you up hundred percent on that and, and framed it as, as kind of the statement on pride where, where Obi-Wan knows Grievous has it out for him. So he knows he'll take the bait because Grievous ain't going to let me go. But then Grievous is like one step ahead of him because he knows Kenobi thinks, 
you know, he got, he has me <laughs> and they're just this dueling piano, uh, pride bar of just like, uh, you know, who, <laughs> who thinks they know each other better. And, and, and Obi-Wan, uh, for all as much we love, you know, has his moments of, of being very Obi-Wan-ish, uh, say so. Uh, and I, He's and I blinded love, by his pride sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, uh, this is the, the big Addy Gallia moment where she, she just confronts, uh, Obi-Wan with it, you know, just you, 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 we when when they're all hanging there and he, we got to go get Grievous and it's like your your prideful pursuit of Grievous in this moment or not even just to put it as prideful but you know you're reasonable we kind of need to catch or kill Grievous and this war thought is going to cost all of us our own lives and yeah. I love it when it boils down to that yeah no it, it is really fascinating that uh, that there are moments where all the different Jedi have different opinions about. Should we uh, should we try to survive? Is that is that the most important thing or not? <laughs> yes, uh, some great stuff there. Yeah, I even wrote down the dueling quotes basically between Grievous and Obi Wan. That uh, Grievous mm-hmm. says, uh, "Your compassionate friends have come to rescue, just as I knew they would." He's saying that to Eth Koth, and then Obi Wan uh, talking also not to Grievous but to his compatriots. The good general and I have a history. I'm sure he'll want to even the score face to face. Like they're even, you know, kind of laying out these plans to yeah. uh, their compatriots that are basically like, no, 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 no. I know Obi-Wan. He he loves you too much. And he's like, no, 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 no. I know Grievous. He hates me too much. <laughs> so it just really makes it, uh, you know, all about that, uh, that compassion versus hate. And yeah, that they both are kind of right because their plans only partially succeed. They both manage to spring their traps, but they don't, I, neither of them really get anywhere you know mm-hmm. uh obi-wan does rescue ethkoth but he doesn't capture grievous yeah yeah um i wanted to also just follow up uh on on grievous's motivation kind of looking at uh, at yeah. his hate right um he says he he's got so many great quotes where he is trying to make it clear what his motivation is right, right, right. uh <laughs> i love this line of uh he's called a murderer and he says is it murder to rid the galaxy of you jedi filth which is I would say not a great argument, but very clear statement. Yeah. Uh, also, extra super clear. I only live to see you die. Extremely clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when Obi Wan's really, really pressing him on, great, you have power. So what? What are you going to do with it? If you don't care about Dooku's politics, then what are you doing with his power? And Grievous says, building a future, a future where there are no Jedi. So. Grievous states again and again that what he wants from all this power is to kill Jedi. That's what's going to make his life complete. But what's really interesting to me about that is there's that part of layer of Grievous mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the entire plot of layer of Grievous is basically, you know, all of the fun adventures in season one are Grievous failing and eventually Dooku and Sidious are going to punish him for that. And they basically lead the Jedi to his lair to test him and punish him. But Dooku specifically tells Grievous that Darth Sidious wants and expects more dead Jedi as a result of the war. So when you connect those dots, it really makes me ask, does Grievous actually want this? Did did he have any conflict with the Jedi? Or has he just been manipulated into thinking this is what he wants? Ooh. Yeah, come on, Lucasfilm, give us that origin book. We need it. We need it because um, we must have all the answers all the time. No, I, 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 I don't want to cheat and say a little column A, a little column B, but I, I think it, it, it's all part of this lie. Uh, this is one of these big themes that I'll keep coming back to of, of just overall, just 
this lie of the dark side that they're going to keep selling you in this, in this, you know, if, if they're selling you power and, and for you personally, it's like, here's how you're going to get that power. Maybe you start believing it. I don't know. Uh, we haven't had a sit down uh, chat with uh, Mr. Grievous, but I, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 and then you can start believing it if you're told it enough and, 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 and the carrots dangled in front of you, you can start believing what you need to do to eat that carrot, I guess. Yeah, no, I really like looking at it that way. I'm glad you brought that up that, you know, we're used to analyzing uh, the tortured reality of, of dark side force users. And, mm-hmm. you know, Grievous isn't a force user, but that doesn't mean the tactics don't work on him of like Sidious just needs him to be an instrument of violence and destruction and hate. And they need he needs a reason uh, to think that he's fighting for something. These, he's been fighting for Jedi. He has pride in taking their lightsabers. So, yeah, just keep pointing him in that direction and, and make him believe, you know, that he's fighting for something when he's really just fighting. Ultimately, right, he's, he's he was never, I mean, if Dooku was not going to get anything out of this, Grievous was never going to personally get anything <laughs> out of this war, right? Yeah, I would love to have seen that, seeing him at that, uh, at that business meeting. Dooku's head is cut off. Grievous going, wait, wait. Yeah, powering down the droid army. What? Yeah. Um, so yeah, great, great stuff with his hate, and great seeing that he thinks that his he's clear on his motivation, and and maybe he does. Maybe it is just born from I was a warrior, and Jedi are the greatest uh, challenge ever. Uh, but it seems to have taken a step farther of like you know that they're morally impure and they deserve to be wiped from the galaxy. You know, yeah, it could be it could be a little building block of pride there too. You know, I was on this, uh, you know, look down upon or not pick, maybe it's a little like Maul. Like, uh, you know, I was, I wasn't picked up to be, uh, become a great Jedi warrior. So I became one myself and don't just, yeah, could have been not saying that it's, that's right or wrong, but just like that could have been a starting point for him. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah, that just a, if he is always been a warrior of a warrior culture and the Jedi stand against that, you know, that he can, True. you know, try to twist himself into that belief. But yeah, it's really fun that, you know, Obi-Wan is trying to come at him with his complex, argument about you know what have you sacrificed what have you made yourself why what are you really doing it for and he's like to kill you (laughs) and that's that's all the more that he's going to be able to get out of grievous you know yeah uh yeah and then i just love this great contrast of the jedi's compassion right that i think that we the episode is constructed to really point us at that like that's just kind of a given that the jedi are compassionate or, or trying to be for the general uh, state of the galaxy we know that but this episode really underlines it by that uh, grievous knows that they'll be hurt by seeing eth koth suffer and uh, there's that video that is or that hollow video where grievous is saying like yeah i know you'll hate to watch him suffer and uh there's that's really reinforced by the, the fact that there are younglings watching it who need to be sent out of the room because it's so just seeing that pain is so hurtful. There's also maybe a little bit of an element of a pride issue with the fact that Eth Koth is a Jedi council member. Yeah. Did you pick up, uh, did you feel like it was a pride issue or did you feel it was just a, we can't, you know, bear to see one of our own in pain? Uh, I, 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 I think for a little bit just to see, uh, see their own in pain. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would say that, that was, uh, that's also pretty, I love that the younglings are there. And a certain character, I'm waiting for you to just talk about. I'm going to let you have that moment. Um, I, I kind of like it because it, it it makes it very real, and, and maybe uh, there's a cost to some of uh, this job you're all taken up and the cloak you put on. So I can see some of that, but uh, pride's running through 
you know, pride, pride is a slippery slope sometimes. And I, I think it can in, infiltrate in other areas. So, so, but I'll, I'll say a little bit of both, but I, I think a little more of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, as you said, I, you know, I think it's just great throughout to show that compassion, those different moments where um, Anakin really doesn't want to leave Eth Koth behind. And, and yeah. that for me, that had some big, you're going to pay for all the Jedi you killed today energy, you know, that yeah. while Anakin is a Jedi, even though he's got frustrations with them, they're his teammates and you don't mess yeah. with his teammates. You know, it's more of that, you know, Anakin really pursues things in a straight line. So I really like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and I think just that Anakin is at his heart, you know, compassionate. He wants to help and save people until he doesn't. <laughs> until he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and then as you said, there's that great moment where Adi Galia argues for getting off the ship rather than pursuing uh, Grievous. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Ethkoth saying at the end, uh, I would have gladly given my life if it meant bringing that monster to justice, which is, a really interesting, complex, uh, painful thing to say to a bunch of Jedi who chose to save you over capturing <laughs> Grievous. And then Anakin I, puts man. a nice button on it of, well, at least we all live to fight another day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which he says to Ethkoth, who he himself will personally kill. Yes. <laughs> In the Vader comic. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So w- what kind of, what thoughts do you have about the the picture of what Jedi compassion is in this episode? Um, well, it's uh, the other the other flip side. When, when you you know you do these episodes well, you you present a, a little uh, topic or an argument. You have the the two sides to it here. Um, I'm going to two moments of the moments you just described of uh, of Adi Galia saying we got to go. So it's very similar to uh, I don't know Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. You know, you want that cup, you're going to fall into the into the floor as it opens up and swallows you. Let go of it. Let go of those pursuits. And and, and Obi Wan is reminded of in, in that moment. Um, Ethkoth one we'll put on a shelf here for a second, but there's this moment in this fight where where Grievous is kind of told to surrender. Right, great shot of Obi Wan's blade, the point, the pointy end, right in the face of Grievous is just a great little angle on it. I love it, and 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 Grievous says never. And I, I'm not rooting for Grievous here. No, I'm not not, not 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 saying I'm trying to understand him, but I could in that situation, you know, fight, survive, never give up, never surrender. These these are good motivational T-shirts to wear. But it's all part of this big thing about this lie Grievous is selling him. So so I think he thinks in his head, like, I'm living to fight another day. But he always keeps running away. And you talk about compassion. What does he do when he runs away? He tosses a droid out. <laughs> now, it's a droid. It's the ongoing uh, struggle of uh, our poor B-1 battle droids and everything. Um, and what are they, B-2s by this point? Um, but you know what I mean? Like. So, so that it flows into that river. There is no compassion for what Grievous is doing. He is not, uh, you know, he is no no one else but himself. Every time he flees, whereas, uh, you know, with with, with uh, Jedi Master Koth, it's like, hey, like you're you're leaving. You know, you, you're surviving another day, and it, and it serves a greater purpose, and it was it serves to save others, to save lives in that moment, to save our lives. That's why. And so, you know, so you have. The, the two, the dueling sides of it and, 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 and the marble rolling down to compassion is a good way to go. Yeah, no, I think that's, it's always really fascinating to watch this Jedi storytelling. And I think it's one of the things that, that makes me enjoy the story of the Jedi is that they walk a difficult path and they sometimes believe, really believe in, uh, I, I, I have no fear. I am willing to give myself up whenever is necessary uh but then sometimes that bumps up against also like this desire to defend and preserve life above all else you know we've, yeah. we've gotten on force center over the years a couple times the great question a great conversation of like 
well, should Yoda have uh, stopped that big pillar from falling on Anakin and Obi-Wan, or should he have just <laughs> let him get crushed and put his blade in Dooku's back and ended the war, you know? And yeah. and that's, I think, like, in that moment, there is always that discussion of uh, when and how do Jedi individually and as uh, in order choose that above all, whenever in doubt, preserve life. Yeah. And this whole episode is really about the Jedi being like, Grievous is awful and, and and he he is he's just torturing people to cause pain and he is you know throwing it in our faces we, we really need to prioritize saying no to that stopping that and it's it's this great picture of compassion and then this really great moment at the end where Ethcoth kind of brings up the other side of that debate of mm-hmm. but we are trained to let go and I would have let go to get to mm-hmm. capture Grievous Really, tie, really ties in well with some of the uh, Beresafi, Ahsoka conversations, Luminary and Dilly, all the stuff we were talking about in previous episodes. So there's this Keepers of the Peace versus Warrior conversation you, you, you had uh, brought up in a review. Uh, was it just last week? I mean, great stuff. Of um, you know, again, sometimes I, I love when the answers aren't 100 percent clear, uh, and Ethcoth is uh, kind of throwing a little wrench into that. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and it, it makes it a really great. Uh, it ties back to that moral, and I think it makes it a really great, really complex uh, mm-hmm. story. And I think it it doesn't present like an answer. This isn't. I think sometimes an episode of Clone Wars is like pretty didactic and instructive. Of like, yep, that's where they made a mistake. But a lot of great episodes like this are like, well, I mean, preserving yeah. life is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, and a, a, a very noble, wonderful thing. And you know, yeah. it, it is great that they tried to save poor Eth Goth, you know? Totally. But room for discussion. Any mm. other uh, themes from this episode that you wanted to discuss before we get into kind of how they reflect into, into bigger Star Wars? Oh, let's, uh, let's, let's connect and reflect. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we always talk about just the ideas of the individual episode, but then how they sometimes reflect larger story, morality, perspective of Star Wars. Sometimes those conversations bleed together. Uh, for me, this is always the section where I always like to keep uh, keep up with the status of the war, the story of the war. Right. And the narrator, uh, I think, uh, once again, told us a lot Uh the narrator said, though Republic victories outnumber their losses, the Jedi have been unable to stop Separatist advances in the Outer Rim. The ever-elusive General Grievous stays one step ahead of his opponents. So uh, just great, great information about the war that moves us forward. Uh, but what I really like about this is it's a reminder that the you know real stated goal of season one was hey the separatists it's early in the war the separatists are going to try to control the outer rim so we're going to try to kick them out of there and that that if they don't have a hold in the outer rim they can't push in and into the core and that should take care of things right. uh and they're just palpatine's got it set it up so they're just grinding in the outer rim and we know the end of the war is the outer rim sieges so it's going to spill out the war is going to spill to other places but they just they never seem to resolve this first move uh of the war and then saying the elusive General Grievous stays one step ahead of his opponents is yet another great reminder that's uh, sprinkled all throughout the Clone Wars of like, yeah, no, Palpatine is is in, right. totally making this a grind by giving information to the Separatists. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love that there's this, you've touched upon Obi-Wan as a couple of quotes in recent episodes of just like, is growing concern that might be simmering in, you know, into a nice boiling panic. <laughs> of, of almost like wait a minute we're we're jedi like there what, what, what's the exact quote of revenge of sith when obi-wan's like wait a minute how, we're jedi how do we fall for this we're smarter than this smarter yeah. than this 
like you know like i just love that that's part of the what's happening in these episodes i, I love the focusing on, on the narrator you're so great to point that out because it's just like the actual war of this clone war it's not going well and they can't figure it out we might know but they can't figure it out and that's that's got to affect those wonderful perfect jedi yeah and, and i i also like that it starts with uh, though republic victories outnumber their losses because that's this is for me pulling a lot from a line but i like the idea that yeah, no, the, the Jedi and the clones are superior to the droid army, even though the droid army has like all of these uh, numbers and, and on big battles, they usually eventually win and retake the planet. So it is uh, Sidious sort of dealing with the fact that like, yeah, they are really powerful. So I have to, uh, you know, dwindle their numbers, uh, you know, through through Grievous and through, you know, hopefully them more of them dying on the battlefield. Uh, but also that like, yeah, in a straight fight, they're going to win. <laughs> yeah. So I have to to create all of these just, you know, video game grinding scenarios of like, mm-hmm. you did get that planet, but you got to get it again to level up. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back here again. We just <laughs> left Geonosis. Uh, yeah, and you know what is uh, in in the in the ongoing saga of weird references, Ken works into Star Wars conversations. You know, when the Republic's got these wins, but the losses, uh, you know, aren't above that number, but they're mounting. It's it's Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. The bad stuff is easier to believe. <laughs> You're just gonna sit there going, big wins, but that loss is hurting me, and I believe that more than the other. And well, now I'm just gonna wait for that specific quote from that movie to be immoral on an episode of Clone Wars. <laughs> Uh, uh, just one last thing on this status of the war thing. I liked it in this episode. Uh, the Jedi are discussing the intelligence, and Yoda just says straight up, "Yes, but so often inaccurate our intelligence is." Love it. I love it. <laughs> so clearly a problem there. Um, it, any uh big picture uh, ideas of Star Wars that you feel like were in this episode that we haven't talked about? Uh, uh yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the statement on the pride one's pretty big, and I think just in terms of perspective and some of the Star Wars morality, but. Touch upon it, but I just want to state it pretty clearly. This episode has a lot to do with that lie of the dark side. And the the Sith are peddling that lie. And there is a dividing line where dark side is one thing and Sith comes out of that to me. Uh, and, and that lie, get power at all costs. What's Palpatine want? We know what he ends up screaming that he has or feels he has. And, and that's all that matters. Going back to your point of what they're selling Grievous at one point. What they're, what they're selling Dooku. You know, Dooku's a wonderfully complicated character. What do you really want out of this uh, count? Um, and, and when people believe in, in the, that lie, when the lie becomes the truth to you, dangerous actions follow. And for if Grievous bought in the lie, Dooku bought in the lie, and Palpatine certainly has bought into the lie. Uh, and it goes to George sitting in that flannel in that conference room talking about greed, and that thirst for greed never ends. And if you believe that and that becomes truth to you, problems are following. Uh, I think that's really, really uh, powerful. I think uh, really well said that it is this picture of the difference between the Jedi and, you know, Darksiders is if the war stopped, it, every single Jedi would talk your ear off about why a particular flower on Felucia that was preserved was great, right? And they right. would talk to you about what great projects that they can instead spend their time and energy on to build. They could describe to you the value of the galaxy at peace. Mm-hmm. And the other side is just so empty the dark side is just so empty to say, I'll control it. And then when I can control it, I'll control more of it. I'll win. And that's it. No, no inherent value in the win. Yep. 
absolutely. Uh, I'm thinking of Anakin and and, and Padme and the, the the shock date conversations or, or shock butt conversations. <laughs> stuff in there that Anakin is already starting to to see it, and and there could be some some truth that I I, I sometimes you know I, I I get it. You know, so, some conflict uh, might might get some sort of peace, but what comes after? That's a great question, Joseph. Just like what? Great, great. So you get in a fist fight to solve something. What happens after? <laughs> Yeah. So what does your thirst for that blood stop? Yeah. And I think that another thing that I really liked about this episode is the, the last thing for me on kind of how, how this episode reflects bigger things in Star Wars is it's exactly that. It, this episode is a little micro version of the story of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grievous enjoys the war. Uh, he would be perfectly happy if his, the rest of his life was killing Jedi and amassing power. And on the other side, the Jedi just want this to end with as many lives saved as possible. It is hate versus compassion. And it, it this is the, the tragedy of the Clone Wars. I think it's why Yoda backs down from his fight with Sidious is at a certain point, if the other side wants war, that's their goal. And all you want is to end it. It, it, it becomes very difficult to have mm. that that fight. Mm. I, I, I really love what you said of this episode kind of being a, a boiled down version of the Clone Wars and why I think this is such an underrated episode. It really is. And and just some great get on the playground and have some fun Star Wars action. Absolutely. And uh, on that note, we're going to take a break and then we're going to go to the playground so we can talk about all the great action and fun comedy moments and all that. So we will be right back here on the Clone Wars Report. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. finish our discussion of Grievous Intrigue, a great Clone Wars episode with a ton of action. So, Ken, what were some of your favorite action moments? Well, sir, I gotta tell you, uh, this was uh, this is a great opening to, to an episode here with a big-time opening act lightsaber fight uh, that also, to me, kind of helps reset. It sets for the story, but it resets for us because, obviously, Revenge is this. The Sith is five years uh, out. Uh, it resets Grievous in episode three of just like, you know, he's got some skills. He'll hurt you. He'll kill you. And by the way, the Magna Guards are around and uh, there's little little Grievous doesn't necessarily fight with honor, which sometimes I'm OK throwing some dirt in the eye. If it, if it gets you a victory, I'll admit to that. <laughs> but again, it's what the after effect of it is. Um, but Grievous can hold his own. So if you're just kind of watching this, you know, when you meet him, uh, you know, and I get in Revenge is this, going back to our up-top conversation with some of the, quote, disappointing things about Grievous, big villain, uh, you know, he's kind of a couple shots to the uh, the ribs with the blaster and he's uh, and his uh, heart sack explodes. And <laughs> you kind of can feel in that Star Wars tradition of cool villain, uh, quick exit. Um, so I just love seeing Grievous uh, be formidable as, as a fighter. And, and we've seen that a lot in Clone Wars, but this one, that's a great opening sequence. Yeah, that uh, Gennady Tartofsky, uh, Clone Wars, back in the day, really built up Grievous is this unstoppable, terrifying, Jedi-killing monster. Uh, and I think, you know, the people I talked to back in the day were like, but then Obi-Wan just shoots him in the heart sack. And <laughs> for me, it all works. But I totally agree with you that this episode, uh, I think Layer of Grievous does it too, but this episode really does make him seem truly terrifying, right? Like, yeah. The clones are are frightened, and Ethkoth is like, "Yeah, no, this is 
this is for real a problem. You know, mm-hmm. not he mm-hmm. doesn't have just the like I shall dispatch him with ease. Like he's he's concerned, and it makes uh, grievous yeah. uh, terrifying again. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, for me, in that in that first lightsaber fight, uh, a couple of the action moments, it's really horrible. But the they build up the terror of that severed door, and then it comes flying in, and Eeth Koth uh, successfully ducks, but that poor clone behind him doesn't, and just gets know. creamed by the door. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. A lot, of, a lot of clone violence, you know, in this uh, show yes. called The Clone Wars. Um, and then right away, I think some of this, uh, this stuff about who Grievous is. Uh, I was thinking about it when we were talking and it, it, about the big themes, and it made me uh, feel like a little bit more like this was a big choice of the show that Grievous uh, thinks of himself as an unstoppable warrior. He has lots of warrior pride, and maybe part of the reason that he hates Jedi is he prides himself on on killing them and he is formidable but a lot of times it's because he softens them up with a bunch of other droids yeah. and then if anything goes wrong he runs away you know yeah. and Ethkoth really calls him out right for being a coward mm-hmm. um and they have this cool lightsaber flight uh Ethkoth is on his toes does a cool lightsaber block behind his back which i always love yeah. um but by the time he gets beaten down by both grievous and all of the other droids and he's trying to stand up to Grievous, and those Magna Guards are just zapping him in the back. It's hard for me to watch that and not just go, Ethkoth is right. You're a coward, Grievous. Yeah. <laughs> Fight yeah. him on your own terms instead of zapping him on the back, you coward. Yeah, I, I love the uh, 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 season uh, one of Game of Thrones, I think it's episode six, when uh, 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 Jamie Lannister confronts Ned Stark in the streets and uh, a, a Lannister uh, spears him in the back. And even Jamie's kind of like, I can't, no, that's not fair. I want to, win. I want to fight him straight on. I Grievous could take a lesson from Jamie Lannister when he was a bad guy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, that for once I knew exactly the Game of Thrones reference you were going to make <laughs> on top of that one. Uh, so going forward from that, uh, lightsaber fight, that initial one, what were some other favorite action moments for you? Really getting some of the little minor, uh, things I talked about that Obi-Wan just that shot of the blade and and I, I just kind of love little moments like that there's a there's um the idea that Anna when Anakin takes that shuttle out of hyperspace uh and it's so close it's part of his dangerous little Anakin plan it's a great little Star Wars moment coming out of hyperspace always kind of fun uh, you know Rogue One does uh, there's several great moments where ships come out of hyperspace with with, with great effect and it's just Again, part of the playground, part of the Kenner toys on your floor of, of doing that, taking a ship out. Of, and I, I, it really looks great. It looks cool. For season two of Clone Wars, where maybe the budget, the animation was a little different or a little less, it's really good. And I celebrated that one. Absolutely. The exit, is it's set up really great with the, like, how close are you going to take us? Like, yeah, pretty close. And <laughs> pretty close. it's not just coming out of the hyper hyperspace, but that immediate weave and dodge through all of the... Uh, all the other ships. It's mm. really beautifully done. A great action moment. Um, yeah. There's so much great for me in the Obi-Wan uh, fight with Grievous. Uh, great lightsaber stuff. Great, you know, Obi-Wan uh, twirls and flips and parries. And it's great mm-hmm. when he takes down the the Magna Guard while saying your droids are crap. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite moment is, it's just, it's so resourceful, is when Obi-Wan throws the down Magna Guard with the force at Grievous. It's a, oh, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, that's a great moment. I love the See, I'm telling you, every once in a while, throw some dirt in some eyes. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't behind the back or anything. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> using all the uh, the tools uh, in front of you. Uh, but it's it's just 
I love that that is always a a part of the story with Grievous is he tries to overwhelm the Jedi. He's got all this uh, mm-hmm. speed and this uh, physical strength to his body and multiple lightsabers, uh, but he doesn't have the force. You know, maybe that's part of this hatred of like when they get one up on him, it's often because they just, you know, knock his block around using the force. And, and I love that that's another moment of this, of using the force against Grievous. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you highlighted that. I mean, I know you're not going to miss a Kenobi moment, but I, 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 I did. I had a, you know, again, not, uh, it, does, it, does Ken fight dirty? Well, you know, I'll kick a man down if if I am to, isn't winning the goal. I don't know. At least Star Wars t- tries to teach me lessons on how to fight versus to just the fight. Um, it's important for me to see, but it was a great little moment. Well, yeah, but I, I think that's really fascinating to think about what is the goal of a fight. And Obi-Wan's mm-hmm. goal is, well, A, survive, because he's trying to kill me for sure. And yeah. I want to knock him out and capture him. That's my goal. Yeah, yeah. And then it's for me, it's like when Grievous is like, I am better than any Jedi after I have my eight friends beat him up first. Like, <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan is falling through on what his stated goals are, you know, and Grievous yeah. is just lying to himself. Do we need the, uh, much like the Cobra Kai series, do we need the Disney Plus Grievous, his point of view series? Is that what we need? <laughs> kind of some comedy mixed in with some, you know, heartfelt moments. I don't know. I don't think it's going to have a ton of depth to it. I think it's going to be, <laughs> I'm going to kill those Jedi. What's your goal this week? Yeah. Killing them. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. End scene. Uh, I live only to see you die is a, is a pretty <laughs> clear log line. Uh, Grievous's pitch in Hollywood would be pretty short. Uh, what are some other moments for you of action? Uh, little, uh, little ones here. The, uh, I, for some reason, one of those weird, uh, Ken things here, I guess I've never loved the commando droids, even on oh, battlefront wow. two. Yeah. Even on battlefront two, I don't really like, I'm not good at them. And maybe that factors into my dislike where I, I'm like, Oh, I saved up enough credits to play as a command and I'm dead. So, so I don't know. There's something in the design, the head there. I know they're battle droid. Like I can't explain it. It's just a thing, but I gotta tell you, in this episode, great little beats and the the flipping and the skipping and the turning and the jumping and the blades. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I always up for reevaluating opinions I have on Star Wars. We always talk about it. it's important to grow as a Star Wars fan. It just also might be reappreciating uh, the, the the commando droids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're so creepy, and and maybe I have the opposite because uh, Battlefront Two in like some of those big maps where. Like, I'm not always the greatest shot. It, the mm-hmm. commander droid being able to rush up to someone with that blade is, yeah. you know, uh, creepy and effective. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which I don't want to be in person, but on a video game, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, there's one other uh, Obi-Wan moment uh, when he's trying to go after Grievous in the connecting tunnel between the ships. Yeah. And it starts to break and Grievous slides down. And <laughs> Obi-Wan ignites his blade, partially like, he's coming close to me, so we're going to fight. But it almost feels like, if I could just get a hack in real quick while he slides by, that'd be great. That whole sequence is great. That whole sequence is terrifying. And talk about a, a kind of a clone, violent Clone Wars death. Anytime, anytime someone falls into space, I, I get a little itchy. It's a little fear I have. Am I ever going to be in space to fall into it? I don't think so, but I have a fear of it. Um, so, yeah, I love the sequence and a great little moment. Obi-Wan, you know, he's he's always thinking. He's always thinking. He's always trying to get a shot in there. Um, last action moment for me is I, I like it when, uh, Cody and the other clones are trying to contain Grievous and they pile on him and one of them just punches him in the head. (laughs) Yes. Not, not terribly effective. Doesn't work out for them. Uh, but man, those clones are trying. Yes. Uh, so that's it for me. Any other action moments for you? Uh, a lot of little ones, but no, we touched on all the big ones uh, that I wanted to, to highlight. 
Okay, well, if you got another one, I mean, please. No, no, it's only it's just little pews and little pews there and a pew there and a pew there. A lot of pews everywhere. <laughs> There's a lot of pewing in this uh, in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. What are some moments that uh, jumped out to you? Uh, you you uh, you you touched on them earlier. Happy to dive into them here. I I absolutely love calling uh, a grievous Dooku's Aaron boy. <laughs> it is, you know, in this big debate of Poe and the big ass door and what comes into uh, from the real world into Star Wars. Dooku's Aaron boy is seems like something from an 80s comedy. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it works for me, even Grievous, like <laughs> repeating it back. It's one thing for Kenobi to say, but for Grievous to be like, Aaron boy. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally the name of a 1961 Jerry Lewis movie. So uh, Obi-Wan basically just called him Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, one I wondered if if you would uh, enjoy or not, because it is in a vein of kind of things you like, is uh, when the Jedi get that hollow video of Grievous, and then almost the entire Jedi Council murmur together, he's a monster, yeah, a monster. monster. <laughs> <laughs> Love extras being extras, yeah, that's great stuff. It's uh, <laughs> just a, a, a moment of great agreement between all the Jedi, like, that guy is a monster. Um, I like the, just, it was great kind of fun banter about uh about anakin's uh flying mm -hmm. uh and about how close he got with the hyperspace how close they were going to jump in and adi galia saying uh, you know any closer and we'd be flying through the hallways next time says anakin nice and cocky mm -hmm. yeah it's a, it's a fun one to me uh and then my last big one is the that tactical droid <laughs> um the very mechanical evil laugh of the ha 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 Yes. Like maybe is that programming? Is that the evolution of programming of the tactical droid trying to be more like uh, Grievous and the various Sith Lords that the tactical droid might encounter? Uh, and then just going into that, you know, very dark physical comedy ballet of uh, kicking around yeah. uh, the severed torture arm that has the death button on it. Yeah. <laughs> but all of those moments, uh, of, in my opinion, are executed incredibly well as comedy like they're mm -hmm. nice surprises where i think anakin uses the force to throw the arm into his head before he can pick it up uh yes it's it's you know it's one of those kind of like hey yeah this is this is a bit and if you've done comedy the drop that can't pick it up gets kicked around person uh you know digging around on the floor this is this is a standard bit but this one is super dark and executed really really well in an animated series a comedy often has great tension in it, right? And and uh, this is part of it. I actually wrote my notes. Uh, I said, okay, I'll bite. I love this sequence, but I, I <laughs> trusted you would like it too. It, it, it reminds me very much of Indiana Jones in, the, in Club Obi-Wan in Temple of Doom, chasing the antidote around <laughs> just the tension of that. Same kind of same kind of uh, feel for me, except for like that a little more ominous. Yeah, yeah. And then the weird payoff of not having uh, any other available uh, appendage to yeah. <laughs> actually yep. press the button. It was uh, pretty dark stuff. Any other moments of uh, comedy or whimsy or weirdness for you? Uh, no, some great, uh, uh, sad, tragic battle droid moment uh, when Grievous yanks that one out of the escape pod. Just not fair. And does, uh, I forget, does the battle droid scream why? It says something like, yeah, yeah, something. One, something. Of, one of the classic battle droids lines of why or... Well, I was, oh. Uh, so let's move on then to canon and lore and connections to other stories. What do you got in this department? 
Um, I, uh, you, uh, oh, sorry, scrolling down. Uh, Yoda, yes, uh, but so often inaccurate our intelligence is. Uh, I, I just kind of love uh, you highlighted as a great line, but just this ongoing struggle to figure out what's going on. Uh, and even uh, the fact that Yoda is, of all of us, just like so close. It's all right there. <laughs> it's all right there. Um, there's that. Uh, there's, uh, it's, um, uh, Minor thing, it's a shot, but the, the, the shot of you, Lauren, there's a shot looking up him that matches uh, Nita in Empire Strikes mm. Back. And I love any time you kind of show you, Lauren, or anyone else on, on the Republic Star Destroyers in the same vein as Imperial Officers. Um, it's it's always one, me, yes, I love my Imperial Officers, oddly enough, but just to, just to a little ominous, a little feeling of uh, look out of what, what, what's coming. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so great. Uh, I, I did not pick up on that particular shot, but uh, I totally agree with you with that. Yeah, the, the Republic, the heroes, but <laughs> we uh, we know this uh, look, this aesthetic, this bridge from somewhere else. Um, yeah, for me, uh, as you noted, the the confirmation in our journey that Kenobi has absolutely seen Grievous with all four arms out before yes. Revenge of the Sith. Yes. <laughs> how does that make you feel because we talked about this before of yeah. you know the uh, so many things i think end up emotionally lining up extremely well with the clone wars animated series to revenge mm -hmm. of the sith and greatly enrich revenge of the sith mm -hmm. uh but this moment with grievous uh in revenge of the sith where he where he reminds kenobi that he's been trained in the jedi arts and mm -hmm. unveils his four arms now is it, it, it does really uh, I enjoyed it in my headcanon is Grievous being extremely repetitive and just really not having a lot of new things to say. Look, I, I suffer from that. I, I talk on so many shows every week, as we all do in this industry. Sometimes you forget where you tell your stories, and it's like, yes, Uncle Ken, we've heard that. You have four arms. I, I get it. So I, I, I sympathize with Grievous, all right? But I actually put this in my disliked or question because this just reveals that episode three is a lie. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to do an angry rant video here. No, um, <laughs> we've been tracking it, and I, you know, there's so many episodes and moments of the clone wars seven whole seasons now right uh, kind of whole uh quotations around that word i guess for season six um that uh i forgot a lot of this and i was i did want to track it and so when i saw this i kind of went well all right there we go there we go doesn't take anything away look the movie is the movie and you gotta you know you didn't know this was coming um but it's um i, I like your headcanon version of it i'll accept that yeah, yeah, like uh, the Kenobi's not surprised. Like, uh, yes, I'm, I'm very aware. You've been, mm -hmm. we've talked about this before. You, we've, we've done the theater of the arms before. Let's just get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also had fun uh, just writing down who all in this episode eventually kills one another. <laughs> that uh, since uh, it ends yes. on that moment mm -hmm. of yeah. Well, we all lived. Uh, so great stuff. If uh, people haven't read them in Vader, the Vader comics with Eth Koth. Uh, mm -hmm. Spoiler: It doesn't go well for Eth Koth. Um, of course, we know that Grievous is eventually killed by Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi-Wan is, of course, uh, killed by Vader, moves on to the Force. Uh, Cody tries to kill Obi-Wan, and uh, uh, eventually in the Clone Wars, when Adi Gallia goes, she's near Obi-Wan when she's killed. <laughs> is, this, is like, uh, this is like Clue. <laughs> it's just like putting it all together. <laughs> it is like future Clue of like who's going to kill who, where, and when, and with what. Usually a lightsaber. Yeah, uh, sometimes a blast to the heart sack. <laughs> Why are we all at this dinner? Why were we invited? How does that make you feel? Like, you know, the Clone Wars does walk this balance of uh, we are spending time with Obi-Wan, who, who I would argue is a flawed hero. We're spending time with Anakin Skywalker in moments where, where he is a hero. He is the good man mm -hmm. that uh, Obi-Wan 
tells Luke his father was. Uh, Ahsoka is a pretty pure hero. There, Cody and Rex, uh, poor Cody, gets uh, Order 66. So we're spending a lot of time with heroes that we can really celebrate uh, the lessons they learned, the people they saved, the good things they did. But it is always it does always have this shadow over it. How do you feel about it? Well, so there's one point where Anakin says it's time someone put an end to that monster. And he's looking up at this cyborg who's, you know, half uh, organic, half mostly mechanical. And I'm just like, hey, put a pin on that one, Annie. Like, <laughs> be careful there, buddy. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a great Noah in the whale song, five years time. You know, five years time, we'll, we could be running around the zoo or five years time, we might not even know each other anymore. And, 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 and it does... Uh, I'm very glad you tracked it. It, it. It's a fun little canon checklist and it's a fun little beat, but it's also kind of true of just like these journeys you don't really know and you don't know where they're going and live in the moment, be present in the moment, very Jedi kind of philosophy. But I, I like the twists and turns and, and they, there's tragedy to them. And knowing that you got this show and you know what you're building to. And I, I understand sometimes that can make stories, you know, uh, Cassian Andor. Well, we know he dies. Yes, we do. The third Padme book. We know she's going to die. How you get there is so important in storytelling, and, and you can still learn so much. I, I so I do want to have open-ending story where I don't know. Of course I do, but I love just those kind of character studies. And the Clone Wars is this character study of the war and the people in it and what happens to them. So it's it's a uh, it's good to highlight, and it's and it's tragic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you can sit back and enjoy these episodes as uh, this was a moment in time where these heroes were being heroic, but it is also this larger story of the, yeah. the great tragedy of this war. And, and, you know, all of these, all of these uh, deaths that will eventually come for these characters are, you know, brought about by in, in many ways, the, the events and the choices of this war. So it does feel, you know, appropriate choices, um, man, choices. choices. You're so choices. right. Choices, all about choices. Choice is real important. Um, another thing for me, uh, I like this uh, callback, call forward line of Grievous saying, so Kenobi is everything going as planned. And Obi-Wan saying that depends on your point of view, General. Um, and I can see some people going like, yeah, Obi-Wan said the point of view thing. Mm. Uh, but for me, you know, the that idea gets introduced very fully in Return of the Jedi, right? Uh, yeah. is, is, a, is a big a piece of philosophy also is a way to kind of explain the evolving story. And uh, I think it goes on to become like one of the central key themes of star Wars. So I personally really like layering it into Obi-Wan of like, yeah, that's really how he thinks about things. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's why he is uh, uh, curious about both friends and enemies. He wants to understand where they're coming from. So I think ideally he could, you know, respect them, bond with them, learn from them, or if necessary, defeat them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we just did the discussion uh, on the main show this week of, of uh, Leia and that big giant moment in New Hope of her putting the, the blanket over Luke while he pouts over losing Obi-Wan, which is sad, but she's lost a whole planet. And, and those, those, you know, we, you and I talked long about oversight or, you know, George failing to, to write the character, all these kind of big things. But I just love when Star Wars goes to that and go, okay, you know, Ghost Obi-Wan sits on a log and, and talks about his lie, which also kind of came out of a real world George switching the story. How can we build back to that? I love analyzing when you can just kind of go back to these moments and make it part of the character, make it not just make it work like you're putting a bandaid, but just it's real. It's a character. And I love when it, it's not just cheesy to me when it, when Obi-Wan says it, particularly in this one, this one's a particularly good one because I missed it the first time. And I had to go back a second time. I was like, oh, God, he just threw that in there. 
Yeah, he just Obi Wan said the thing. Yeah, like a gift from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the pointing at the screen. <laughs> he said it. Kenobi said it. Uh, yeah, and I just I also feel like this episode for me really is so much about a about point of view that uh, Kenobi and, and Grievous really think they know one another's point of view, and and they are pretty accurate about leading with compassion, leading with hate, and and thinking that 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 knowing that about one another uh, will make them victorious, and and mm-hmm. neither of them you know, have a clear victory. Yeah. Uh, I also just noted your plans have come to ruination Jedi, because uh, that is, I believe either that or something very close to it is a line that uh, Grievous says in Battlefront too. Cause I heard that line and I got like defensive. <laughs> I felt like I was about to be attacked. And I was like, Oh, it's because that's one of the lines that Grievous says when he's attacking me in Battlefront too. Love that. Uh, I got one more in uh, the canon lore. Yeah. And that is the great, endless pronunciation battle of star wars where a star wars planet is said in two ways uh we got uh obi-wan kenobi i believe saying it in the uh more accepted ver- version of salukamai uh, but then yalaren says salakamai yes <laughs> uh yes so i i number one just kind of stumble over my words every once in a while and i i i uh, Serious, I, I don't think I'm dyslexic, uh, but I, my, my aunt was and struggled with it for years. But sometimes I just flip. I just have a little moments of it. And I, and oh, yeah, listen, we all we all do. Yeah. If you listen to me long enough and, and if you remember at the Star Wars celebration last year, I, I wrote this trivia question. And I still struggle to say Salukamai, Salukamai, Salukamai. And this episode, when I watched it, I was like, well, this might be probably one of the reasons I struggle with it. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren says it so confidently of like, yeah. yes, we're over Salakamai. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I just I love that it continues to be a a thing in Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. about pronunciation, even down to like Ian McDermott comes into the studio for Rebels and Ashoka and like, cool, that's what you cool. want to do, Ian? Fine. Awesome, Ashoka, go for it. I'm I'm still look. I'm still uh, in, in High Republic. Marquion Row or Marcion Row. Uh, 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 Charles Soule has said in many interviews and and, and on, on the High Republic show, everyone on that show, on the YouTube show, it says Markeon. But now they released a, a YouTube video where, where it's Marcion. And I believe, uh, we, I think uh, we, get, we got a question we'll be getting to for the main show uh, about all the pronunciation. And I believe that person said in the audiobook of Light of the Jedi, it's, yeah. it's Marcion throughout too. So it's, this, is, this is a battle that will never be resolved. Uh, Salukamai yep. is close to my heart because it's just such a weird uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars name, and then it's just—I think it's—it's it's a fun uh, 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 Force Center memory mm-hmm. uh, because that question at Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. um, you, yeah, you you pronounced it more like Yularen, and yeah. <laughs> many people in the audience uh, <laughs> yelled "It's Salukamai," yeah, um, which <laughs> well, was some great Star Wars intensity. But yeah. that was the question that made me win. It was, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. And, yes. and, and, uh, that's a different discussion. I, I, it's, it's random when the questions come up and I, I'm not a ringer and I wasn't feeding you, but I wrote a lot of those questions and I remember thinking, ah, oh, Scrimshaw's got this one. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was, uh, one of the things that I feel like I know a little bit better is uh, some of the Jedi stuff. Cause I just love uh, all the yeah. Jedi. So it was, you know, you know, that moment in a trivia contest where, you know, you've heard the question. Uh, and you know you know the answer, but then there's some other business that's going on. That's yes, you're not not about you. <laughs> yes, and you can just uh, you know wait and go like okay, I'll just I'll wait for that to clear up, and then I and then I get to say the, the thing that I know. 
<laughs> which is it's fun to say things you know. A lot of great Star Wars trivia going on. There are a lot of people who are very good at Star Wars mm-hmm. trivia out there, including, I think, many of our listeners. Uh, anything else in sort of a, a canon lore connections? Well, unless you're slipping this into another part of the conversation, I do want to. Uh, this is this is the debut of Tara Snoobay. I think that I missed Tara, which I just feel so ashamed about because I've been daydreaming about very soon we get to watch Lightsaber Lost, Tara Sanube's yep. big day in the sun. Uh, he's at the Jedi meeting, right? He is, and he's, he's kind of the back. You have to kind of do a little bit of look for it, a little freeze frame, but when they take out the younglings, he's uh, he's walking away with the cane and, and in doing some of the episode guide uh, research, oh, there's a lot of new designs in this episode, and he's one of them. Uh, oh. There's like Weequay Jedi, and they kind of run through the list. Some some of them have names and whatnot, but Tara Sanube, this is his debut. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for highlighting that, because uh, Tara is one of my very favorites, and I feel like I let him down. I was too busy uh, <laughs> looking at the younglings. Younglings are good, too. <laughs> uh, not as good as Tara Sanube, yeah. so. Uh, I'm going to go back uh, when we're done recording and I'm going to rewatch that scene so I can enjoy his uh, his first appearance. Uh, We always like to talk about things we disliked or questioned. Um, And you said uh, that the the Grievous Forearms was in there for you. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, tongue in cheek. Sure. But also at the same time, they do such a good job of tracking everything in Star Wars in this kind of uh Way I always go to Rogue One, where like, well, Wedge can't be there. Wedge just had his day off because he doesn't see the dust. All these kind of things. They're so good at it that when this popped up, I was just a little bit like, you know, you didn't necessarily need to have his forearms show up here, and you could have waited. But all right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just makes that Revenge of the Sith scene uh, uh, richer for me in its own weird way. Uh, yeah, I think for me, I also the only thing that I disliked your question was like right on the. Uh, the edge of like mm, maybe maybe not uh, our conversation makes me feel better about it i really like how much uh, attention is paid to grievous's motivation mm-hmm. but there's a there's a part of me that almost wants like that one more line from obi-wan that just kind of pokes at how empty it is you know that mm-hmm. grievous's motivation is to kill jedi great um mm-hmm. but there's just that kind of that one step that one layer left of is there some history between this Kalish warrior and Jedi? Mm. Or is it that he has just been given this sort of empty uh, target and goal, been spoon-fed by Sidious, which, you know, again, you can pick up on that since he's literally told that by Dooku of, of Sidious wants more dead Jedi from you, mm. and that's why you're being uh, your home is being violated and you're being attacked because mm. you're supposed to be killing more Jedi. So... There's a part of me that thinks eh, this is elegant the way it is. Let's people wonder. Let's people have discussions. But there's that. There's also a part of me of like maybe just one more line from Obi Wan poking at him of like, is that really what your motivation is? Would have would have uh, made the the question more apparent. Uh, I th- I think that's really fair. And uh, I, I never thought I'd say this. Uh, you know, it's time to call for more grievous storytelling. <laughs> more grievous. We need at least four arms worth of grievous at all times. Uh, yeah, it's it's very fun uh, when we go through these episodes. And I think it is always important to say, was there anything we disliked or questioned? And mm-hmm. so often it is it is truly in the question and truly in the like. Oh, maybe maybe they could have taken this idea a step farther. Maybe not. It's. Uh, it's a tribute to, I think, uh, how much I really love the Clone Wars and how great these episodes are that I, my, my dislikes and questions are almost always like a maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe this, maybe that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure someday we'll get to something like, nope, that was not for me. Period. Well, I'm sure, but it, look, it's just a testament to the to to the that kind of force center approach. Of even if you have a dislike, it, you you engage with it and you try to find out what's there, and often you can get to a place of at least comfort with it. And that's part of what we do. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and honestly, our conversation about Grievous's motivations opened up even even more mm-hmm. uh, different ways to think about it, and made me feel better about that thing that I questioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything else that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, two things. I think we'll have more chance to discuss her uh, in other episodes, but Eddie Galli is a really underrated Jedi. Uh, has a, that's, I think it's a great moment with, with Kenobi. And uh, she comes from, uh, you know, from a real good spot there and a and real great heart. So uh, we'll highlight that, uh, that wonderful Jedi more, uh, uh, I'm sure, and unfortunately uh, for some of the events to come. Um, so, and I, I know you, you share a, a, an appreciation of Eddie Galli as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that was one of the other things that was interesting to me about this episode of, you know, Eth Koth and Adi Galia are both, you know, these Jedi that have these uh, kind of tortured backstories where different actors came in and for a while they were the same character and then they got split into, you know, no, it's Eth Koth and Agent Kohler, different characters. It's Adi Galia and Stas Ali, who dies on Saleucami, uh, <laughs> uh, who are different characters. So this was this was fun, especially, you know, having for myself, having a better understanding of Filoni, uh, obviously being a pro, that's why he got uh, hired, but also being just a like, yeah, I dress up as Plo Koon <laughs> on yeah. the weekends level nerd for Jedi yeah. that he would be like, yeah, yeah, the two the two Jedi that kind of changed but didn't, but then did ultimately change. I want them in an episode together. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned because this goes into Ken watches the featurettes update uh, and I, I watch them. So you all don't have to. And actually, I suggest you all do when you, if you have time. And um, first of all, the season two ones are great because I think I'm sure they shoot them all one day with Filoni. This is back in 2010. Uh, I think he's got that. Let's get this over with energy in a lot of them <laughs> and might be a slightly drunk. Like <laughs> he's a different. He's Dave. Though Dave, we we know and love, but he's he's real sassy, and he, all through these uh, featurettes in this particular season. So it comes to this one. I'm glad you touched on it. This is uh, I'm not going to go too long in this. Yeah. So uh, you, a, di- a different actor in episode one, uh, and then they get to uh, hire a local guy from Australia in episode two, and it's supposed to be uh, Master Koth. Then they kind of realize it's so different, so they 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 create a Asian cola like you're talking about here. So Filoni, being the cosplayer on the weekends, literally wants him. So. He goes to, and they talk, and they actually do some cut to some fun clips of Leland Chi and, and Pablo Hidalgo. And Filoni goes to Leland Chi, and Leland Chi brings up and goes, no, he's, uh, Eth Koth is dead. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo looks at him and goes, yep, uh, I got a source book here. Yep, he died on Geonosis, uh, Geonosia uh, in that battle, um, it crashed, it, it's listed here. Dave goes to George and goes, can I have Eth Koth for this episode? He's dead. And George goes, yeah, fine, take him. <laughs> George doesn't care. What's best for the story? And I and I just I I, I it's a little bit of me pounding my fist on my my uh, uh, my shoe on a, a desk like I'm Khrushchev, uh, but just like uh, you know, like from Khrushchev I, to closing time, the references <laughs> of this episode of Clone Wars. Yeah. Report. Um, by the way, I'm launching a show on GPA called Internet for Old People, which is really just a half hour for me to re- make references that no one gets anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know what I mean. Like I I, I don't mean to just dwell on it too much but just you know, obviously you're not going to do a giant change but if like you didn't see it on screen we can and, and it, it serves purpose and then they did they were maybe going to kill him in this episode and dave keeps him alive there which goes in that comic moment you talked about you all checked out that uh, darth 
Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith uh, series. I just love the, hearing that kind of stuff. It, it, it's, all your talks about plans and plans are good and all, but like write in pencil because you 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 got stories to tell. I think it's a little. This episode also has that in there for me too. Yeah, no, this was one of the featurettes that I that I did make time gotcha. uh, to watch, yeah. and I'm so glad that you you shared it and brought it up uh, because everything you're saying is true, mm-hmm. and it, the story is told in a really fun, uh, bouncy way. Yes, yes. Um, but I do think it, it is. I, I will uh, I will pound a shoe with you that it is really a reminder that this is where it flows from with George Lucas of we are in this modern era where mm-hmm. I, I think Lucasfilm is making an effort to be like, yeah, no, we're, we're going to try to stay close to canon. But there is in this great spirit of creativity, there's this great spirit of let go of like, yeah, we're never going to say, you know, actually Han died in Empire Strikes Back. Nobody's ever going to do that. Yeah. But if if some detail is buried in uh you know role playing source book because somebody thought it was fun to answer where this character ended up but mm-hmm. it comes around to like no wait a minute we've got a, a great story we want to tell with this character mm-hmm. that there, there is that spirit i think of uh, being more organic than rigid and yeah. say sure yes ethcoth can be alive yes uh you know is it a beautiful beautiful meaningful moment between anakin and ahsoka on on screen that her lightsaber uh lightsabers are blue mm. then fine they're blue now you know yeah I, it, it is great to see that that it has is a spirit that emanates uh from from lucas and was uh, passed on to his padawan and is mm. alive today and since you you watch this feature at do you agree davis seems drunk <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to go on record uh but i'll agree with sassy, sassy. there's there's, there's definitely it, it, it definitely has a sense of we are are having a sense of play and sense of yeah. fun, you know. Yeah, that is the it, legally yeah. responsible answer there. So yeah, well, it 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 is just you know not that there isn't still a ton of fun in the behind the scenes, but I think it it is it it's it's good to see because I think it it is encouraging. Like let's loosen up and have fun with our space story, you know. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I think there exactly. is uh, a concern. To, to not you know not be let's not be too loosey-goosey yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh but great uh great stuff in the in the featurette uh soon we'll do a separate episode about the featurettes but uh yeah i love that you watch them there's so much great stuff in them and, and i'm trying to make sure uh, that i make time for it as well the only other thing that i wanted to touch on was just another awesome shot uh i have made the joke uh many times that if you like ships landing clone wars will <laughs> never let you down you know i think it is a really a part of that cinematic element that's important to george of like he likes to watch ships all the way take off and all the way land and like yeah. show me them landing gears <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's the i love the weird jedi shuttle um that yeah. uh, has basically uh, the uh, imperial shuttle kind of wing shape but then that kind of globed orbed uh front obviously much smaller uh, jedi shuttle very cool but it's got just like a super awesome landing the way mm-hmm. it uh slides into the bay and then those landing gears come down and there's just no way those landing gears would make it stable without yeah. <laughs> the the ramp coming down and it's just uh it's it's so star wars yeah i love it well yeah yeah and and, and taken from the trivia gallery there this is not knowledge i i had uh it's uh it's a joe johnston design for for what ended up being the shuttle tidarium uh, oh wow that's so great of, yeah it's so you're 100 right it's so star wars because it's like that yeah it's joe johnston man uh 
Good old Joe Johnston need to yep. sing uh, that uh, that prison's praises as well for their Star Wars contributions. Yeah. Uh, if you could have an action figure of any character from this episode, who do you want? We got a playset, sir. It's coming your way. Uh, it's the emotionally shield the younglings playset. <laughs> uh, uh, Tara Sanube, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, is it like, you know, I don't know if you have, if you had the Dagobah playset back in the day where you could put uh, Vader and Luke on the little tracks and they could kind of go in and out of the oh, cave. Yeah. yeah. And you do that with it. It's Ahsoka, right? Who's leading the younglings out. Right. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you get a you get a bonus Ahsoka figure, a, a Tara Sanube with a quiet walk action. <laughs> and uh, you get the other uh, weak way Jedi, all of the yeah. And then you you can move them away as they gasp and fear. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, yeah, I would uh, I would take a tactical droid with a severed torture arm. It's it's dark, but I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next up, we are talking about season two, episode ten, the deserter. It uh, does continue Obi Wan Kenobi's pursuit of General Grievous. But as the title itself lets us know, its focus is really on a deserter from the clone army. I'm really, really mm -hmm. excited to rewatch this one. I always remember liking it and being intrigued yeah. by it and thinking it's a, a great different approach on the clones and their role in the war. But I'm excited to dig into it all the way with you, Ken. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the moral of this episode of our podcast should be? Oh, man, I went probably a little dark and a little meta. I apologize. Uh, so there, are, there are steps to becoming the biggest Star Wars podcast in the galaxy. But what do we have to leave behind to get there? <laughs> definitely meta and definitely a little a little sassy a little 2010 behind the scenes dave filoni sassy from you today that's great yeah yeah great there you go. uh and uh, that is just about it but first of course we always want to let uh you know where you can find us you can indeed find us on the internet at uh, Force Center Pod on Twitter. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. We've been rebroadcasting some episodes there, uh, audio only, but uh, a lot of people love listening to the shows over there. Not every one of the episodes goes up, but you can subscribe over there. And uh, as always, uh, we always threaten more YouTube content on the way. Uh, you can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center or you can support us directly a couple different ways you can use uh the audible trial audible trial.com slash force center uh a web address and get uh get an audio book on us and that supports the show or you can support us at patreon.com slash force center i am at catnapsack or catnapsack.com uh from there you can also link to uh, my new endeavor the GPA, the Good People Association at the GPA.fun and I am starting a show internet for old people Joseph you and your beard will be invited shortly. <laughs> uh, I will be uh, honored to come on. I was just thinking the other day about uh, when I was a little kid and uh, I would get to stay up late and watch Johnny Carson and, and I would really enjoy some of the comedians. Then some of the comedians would come on and just be like, I know what you're saying is funny because I can hear people laughing, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I am eight. I don't know who Shecky Green is. Come on. What's going on? There's a reference. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to coming full circle and uh, and checking out your show there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all of my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for all four of General Grievous's arms, this has been the Clone Wars Report.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.